to the Sojourn Church podcast. We are glad you are here, and thanks for listening. As a church, we exist to exalt and enjoy the supremacy of Jesus Christ in all things, equip the saints, and extend the gospel to all people by reproducing disciples and churches for the glory of God. More information about the life and mission of Sojourn Church can be found at SojournTulsa.org. That's S-O-J-O-U-R-N, Tulsa.org. Well, um, hope you guys are doing well this morning. We are going to be looking at this idea of covenant renewal of mission. And so last week, as we've gone through this idea, we've kind of, it's been very purposeful. It may not have seemed, but if you're um, kind of piece it all together that um, going from Advent, spending time focusing our hearts on uh, the very reality of God wanting to be with us, God with us, coming in the flesh. There was purpose in that. Um, that you know that was God's intent for the Old Testament with, with Israel. That's what He desired. Um, and same thing with we see the New Testament. This revealed that I am the King. The kingdom is here, not yet fully. But, but it will be fully consummated in all eternity. So we're, we're on this place as sojourners where this is not our full home. And so um, we are going to be um, taken to a land that will never change, that will be um, rid of sin, rid of pain, rid of suffering, all those things. And so Advent showed us that. And then to go into that first part of the year to think through, um, so if that's true, then what does, uh, what does that have implications on concerning the practical matters of my life. And so uh, a good thing to think through that is, where's my heart at? And so we took some time looking at that, but then to get to last week, and I'd love to have a couple of times a year where we have this covenant renewal of heart. Old Testament Israel did that. Uh, The church through the centuries has always tried to do that. Um, It's not real popular talking about, you know, uh, the depth of your depravity and uh, repentance and confession if if places are founded on entertainment and uh, just, you know, like, lackadaisical fun or something. And so um, we don't want to make it to where church is just a, a heavy drudgery, but at the same time, it's so easy just in, in, as, as Americans to have a very arrogant kind of approach of God. So we looked at that um, last week at the covenant renewal of heart. Um, and, and, and then if, if you get that, to that place where your heart is renewed, it should raise up your, your vision to see, what about the world around me? What about the lost people around me? My identity in Christ as a follower of Christ, an ambassador of Christ, I should be concerned about the eternity and the souls of other people. And even just being good and loving to people that may never come to faith, still Christ would want us to um, show love and show generosity and, and, and be concerned about uh, justice and mercy and compassion and just living like Christ in our neighborhoods, our homes, our, our communities, uh, and then serving the community. So uh, again, today at the end, we're going to have kind of two parts today. The first part is going to be um, just a Again, about this idea of renewal of heart and mission, but but we've got to after we, after we spent time with that last week, um, it's that idea of being versus doing. And so, as you start doing, it's very easy to cross over into a lot of busyness, and now we we've dropped the Lord as the motivation of that, and even the reward in doing that. To where it just feels good, we really feel like we're producing a lot, we're really really busy, and and if we're not careful, we've departed again. So, kind of want to spend a couple of uh, a few minutes on that idea. The first part, just um, that that focus, continual renewal in mission. 
And then the second part, I want to just spend some time kind of vision casting and reminding us as a church that here's some things that we can be doing. And so in the calendar year, here's some things that we can be doing. And I'll I'll tell you, and first of all, just so you'll know that um, the shock for me, just letting you guys know in church planting um, and even through our assessments and everything, um, the shock for me is has been um, I love the pastoring, shepherding, word study, uh, the preaching of that. Uh, and you don't you don't do church planting if, if you love preaching. Meaning, I love lots of people listening to me. Uh, you, that you don't do this for this long. You know, like three weeks in, uh, I literally had a church planter friend one time that said, "Sinky, if you don't have three hundred people in the first three months, like you, you just you can't make enough money. You, you don't want to do this." And I was I was thinking like. What about the souls of the people? Like, if you care about that, like, that should be, if God calls you to that. And so um, in, in, in this, like, I love those parts of it, the shepherding and the, the feeding and the teaching, but also the life on life and the counseling, the heart issues. I, as a pastor, can do the administrative stuff. Like, I'm, I kind of have a high bar for some. I'm not as good as some, like, executive pastor, but I can do that. I can't do both at the same time. And then also church planting, like the the calendaring, the events. I'm not a great outreach person. They joked about me at the last church at, at New Beginnings. They called me Big Event Saint because when it was time to have like an event where it was like, oh, the recruiting and all the you know hours and hours for like two months of planning to have this one. I don't care if it's three hours. Like the money, the, the time, the people that goes into that, it's just hard for me because I want heart change and I know balloons and, and glitter is just not where heart change happens. Now, in saying that, there are some people who they they are they're gifted and they love the balloons and glitter, and that's not that doesn't mean that's ungodly and secular. God uses those things, but like I'm just not a huge events, so that's a really low bar for me. And in church planting, you have to do some of that. And so this is where I'm saying, hey, I need you guys to come in and fill those gaps. Um, and even what I have learned in church planting is, even though I have a high bar in administration. Uh, concerning pastors, I can't do both of those at the same time very well. So what I do is what I love doing the most, and then I will put that one down and like let that stack up for two or three months, and then go over here and have to hurry and kind of do some more of this stuff. And so I want you guys to join with me in that. And that, there's not been any kind of like where you haven't done a part. I'm, I'm inviting you in. Tyler or Sujin are inviting you in. We want to, to see like us do that together. And so think through it. That should excite you about your passions, your roles, your gifting. And so we're going to look at that part of the vision opportunities, kind of 2023 and beyond. And so last week we looked, uh, again, just real quickly, this idea of what do we think about when we come into the presence of a holy God? Does that even matter as Americans? Or do we, are we just busy with our week? It's weekend time or weekend warriors and, oh yeah, Saturday night, let's go for an hour real quickly and, and kind of you know, make God happy. God will be pleased with me. Go Sunday morning, God will be happy. And we're not really thinking through the presence of a holy God. And, and again, may, most of us come from our backgrounds, not that we have to be the, just this mourning all the time, saddened, for, afraid to look up, um, fearful, woeful, oh, we know we're uh, depraved. Like there should be joy also because if we do look up and understand and if we are in a good standing with him in pursuing him and a, a righteousness of Christ that we're walking, it, it's such a beautiful embrace. It, it's the joy of the Lord. That, that's why we're doing things. And so it doesn't have to be a drudgery 
And so, um, but thinking through the presence of the Holy God, last week we talked also about departure. We easily depart. Then we talked about those issues of conviction and confession and repentance. What a gift from the Lord that if we don't, if we don't accept those and we're always pushing conviction away on little things, our heart becomes hardened like Romans 1 talks about. And then if we go through that pathway, then we're to the place of renewal where our heart's being renewed. There, there's renewal and then, then we're learning to rest in um, our true Sabbath in Christ. And so it's not how much I can go do. It's not how, how good my lists are compared to other Christians. It's not I'm resting in Christ. I'm resting in Christ. My identity is in him. God knows my heart. He, he will bring to my, if I'm spending the time, he will take the time to show me areas I should be convicted on. If I'm in the word, in prayer, practicing those things, he's going to show me and I can rest in him. And what a beautiful, joyful expression that can be. And then it leads to greater worship and greater communion with God, greater affections for God, greater love for other people if, if we stay on that pathway. And so um, that's the purpose in turning us from our sin, to turn us back to our love relationship with God. And so, um, again, moving past, um, you, you never want to graduate the being part. You never want to go, okay, I'm really doing good with God. Now I'm going to go get busy doing stuff. And, and if you're not careful, we depart on that. And churches, as a corporate body, can get so busy in doing stuff, uh, spinning plates, programs, um, all kinds of things. And so we want to always do the being part. And we want to be a church that's grounded, that's deep in those things. And then the overflow, the doing, flows out of that heart renewed in God in this process of repentance and faith and renewal. So in looking at renewal of mission, the first place I want to go to, I'm going to pray first, but then we're going to look at Acts 17. It's one of my favorite sections. It amazed me when I first uh, was, was seeing this, this section. It's a lot about your identity, if you can look at it, and then also to recognize that why would God have us alive and not Paul in 2023? So we'll, we'll take a, look at, a minute to look at that in a second. Let me pray. Uh, Father, we do um, come before you just, just acknowledging that we, um, right now, the idea of coming before a holy God, um, there's nothing I could possibly say to motivate, to um, push people, to have sustained growth in you, sustained love for you, sustained love for people around them, sustained love for difficult people, um, people that we have great differences in. There's nothing humans can do to, to have a sustained motivation. It has to be a change of the heart. And you say that's a good thing. And, and often, Father, we, we try to work ourselves towards that. We, we know it's a good rule to have. We try to keep the rule. And God, we know that you are a holy God. So as we come before your presence, you did that with us. And so we ask for you to fill us up to be able to do that with the people around us, to where we would be communing with you. We would have hearts that are in renewal with you constantly, um, seeing our sin open to that, seeing the, the conviction of sin, Father, the things that are not fitting in and aligning with your scriptures in our lives, hearts, not just our behaviors, but, but hearts that overflow to our actions. And so, God, we pray that you would bring us that beautiful gift of conviction and repentance, confession, that we would agree with you instead of uh, stiff-arm you, uh, and that we would do all that to be able to push back dark, evil forces around us. And so, give us... Um, sight today um, as, as Elisha uh, had his assistant and it looked like an overwhelming daunting situation and as Elisha prayed to you I 
pray to you that, Lord, um, let him see that those who are with us are greater than those who are against us that we're facing. And so as we look at our lives in this culture, as we look at our lives in 2023, uh, politically, culturally, as we look at our immediate lives here in um, this area of Tulsa, Lord, we can't win the whole world. We can't win uh, California and Washington and New York. But God, would, would you help us to be responsible and faithful, a faithful gospel presence in this place, in this time, in our cultural moment, to be faithful to you, to show that we love you um, to the world around us, to show that we're disciples of you by the love that we have for one another and our, our great love for you. Would you help us in that? In your name we pray, amen. So again, Acts 17, a great place. Paul's walking around in this area, and, and uh, this is Acts 17, uh, 17 uh, verses 22 through 20, um, I think I'll go to 28. So if you want to turn there, uh, if you want to look on uh, the screen, they'll be provided. It says, so Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way that you are very religious, because I passed along and I observed objects of your worship. I found also an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. And so let's pause right there. Paul's walking around this place, and in that day, that was it was the common thing. Uh, when we see a guy standing on the quarter, corner with a Bible and he's yelling at cars going by or whatever, we kind of go like, okay, he needs medication, or there's something going on there, or that can be really weird, and so we don't know him, we don't trust him, we definitely don't gather, gather our chairs up and go listen to that guy. And so um, we're, we're like, oh, or maybe he's just trying to reach lost people, and so that's the way to do it. And so, but in that day, it was different. That was when they would gather like that, that was the accepted way to get across new knowledge, new uh, philosophies, new education, all kinds of things. So, so as they would gather, if you've seen the chosen, it's kind of like that. It was the common thing for one of those, those teachers, philosophers, or a new religion, to, they would stand and talk, and that was the way that they would do that. Now, again, you, you go to the mall and do that, uh, people are just going to be like, hey, kids, get away, get away, come over here. He may have a bomb or something. So uh, we kind of just stay away from that. And so as Jesus, is, as, as Paul is doing this, we're, he, he's saying, hey, I notice looking around, I see the different temples, I see the different gods that you worship. I even saw one with an inscription that said, the unknown God. So um, just notice Paul's method of mission there. He's meeting them where they're at. He didn't come in and go, you ridiculous heathens out of the most pitiful. Uh, there, there's some places that that might you know, be fitting sometime, but, but Paul meets them where they're at to say, I see your hearts. There's something inside you that wants to worship. There's something inside you that says there is something that is so great, and, and we enjoy pleasure. We enjoy um, um, the joy of um, seeing something that's worthy of our time, that, that brings all kinds of um, just great feelings to us, and it fills our heart, but yet some of these things, they don't satisfy our heart. Um, it, it's, like, it's like for me, you guys know football, football games, even, even just the, the Friday night lights or the games on Saturday. I, I love so much about it. There's so many depths and levels that I love about the game, not just who won or lost. But, but then even afterwards, great win that just shocks us. That you're just like, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe they executed that. So that could be soccer for you. That could be basketball for you. That could be fishing for you. That could be hunting for you. But when we have those things, guess what? Three or four hours later, you, it, it's never going to be ultimately fulfilling. God never allows it to fully satisfy, right? 
Um, and so whatever that is, that could be your career, that could be finances, that could be this new exciting adventure. Going, It just doesn't satisfy. And so Paul's identifying, hey, we're all worshipers. I see it. I see it clearly. We're all worshipers. If you want to drive around neighborhoods, we're all worshipers. From houses to vehicles to clothing to possessions, we there's something in us that wants something really, really great. And, and God just said, I'm never going to allow something to have full satisfaction in your heart. And so he goes, I see that. And I even see that there's one to cover all the bases and keep, in case you left a God out, you have one to the unknown God. So that's probably most uh, philosopher or most, uh, not philosopher, but most uh, scholars and theologians believe that they were probably trying in, in other uh, places they would do the same thing like, hey, let's have a catch-all drawer, God, that like in case there's one that we left out, you know, the fire and the rain and the, the, the weather and the crops and all that, let's have a catch-all like to the unknown God. In case we left one of them out, we want you to know we worship you also. And Paul says, hey, I know what you're doing there. And so I just want you to make the connection that that's what's going on in our world today. It doesn't look the same with temples. And it doesn't look the same with a statue. Uh, it doesn't look the same with people maybe walking and giving those sacrifices. But we're doing it because we were wired that way. And so he says, um, what therefore you worship as unknown, I'm going to tell you about him. I, I proclaim this to you. The God who made the world and everything in it being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. So just think, let's pause again. Let's think through the depth of this statement. He, he just suggests the one God who made the world and the heavens. So now he just exploded their vision. Like it's one God who made all of this. And they understand the heavens and the earth and the, this idea of eternity that's in their hearts. The one God who made the world and everything in it, he is Lord of heaven and earth that he doesn't live in temples. And so now he's going, so that, that's, a, that's a revolutionary thought. Because other religions even, what do they do? They believe that these deities or gods perform in these temples, and, and now we've changed the story. No, the Holy Spirit of God wants to live in your heart. That's different, right? Other religions do not have a God that comes to you and says, I want to dwell inside you and change you, and I want you to find your total fulfillment and love in me and go and serve others. It is, it is if you do these things, you can work your way to God, this deity by good deeds. And so Paul flips the script there for him. The God, um, so he says, nor is he served by human hands. Basically, Anything that you're trying to do to make it to them, I see what all you people are doing. All the effort, all the time, all the works that you're doing for these different gods, and, and it's not, it's not going to make your way to God. So he's confronting that. Um, as though he needed anything. Since he himself, he gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined the allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they would seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. So that idea there is, so the very God I've talked about, the expansiveness of this God, um, the transcendence of this God, and yet he comes to us. And so this, this God that's so great in majesty, um, 
he determined that he, and he, he goes back, there was, there was there, just so you'll know, there was ideas and people had heard of different stories, the origins of man, that there were, did it start with just a, a couple of people? And so other philosophies might not have started with Adam and Eve, they might not have started, but there were other philosophies at the time, um, all through history, where there's different origin stories. So that was not new to them, but he is saying, I'm telling you, this is the correct one. And, and, and this God created one man and one woman, but he also, for your lives, he determined the exact times and places where you would live. And he did that so that people would seek after him. And so that, that's a whole new type idea for them. So that was revolutionary uh, as far as that, that, the singularity of that. So um, the reason that's important for us is now here we are in 2023. Why did God not have Paul or Peter or David or Elijah or Moses in 2023 with 8 million people on the planet? Why did he have them? I think it was 1900 before we had 1 billion people living on the earth. And so, um, and so you, you figure that out. That, that, that's, that's crazy when we went from 1900, first time 1 billion, and then to um, 2023, and we have 8 billion. So that, that, there you know, that, that's a lot. And so in that, when you think through Man, God had purposes. God had us wired. God created us, and we're wired a certain way with certain opportunities. Now, you can become prideful in that, and I've been around seminary or conferences where it's like, we've got 8 million people. It's your job. God wants you to, you know, to use you to win 10 million people, and, and he may do that. There may be people that are doing that. You think through some of these guys like Piper or Chandler or Keller or MacArthur, like the, their, their messages of God's word, preaching God's word, has probably went to audience, I mean, way beyond what Jesus heard in, in actual voice, right? Now, Jesus is a great preacher. His words are the ones that are going throughout all mankind. It's always his word. But then you think about Paul or Peter and those, those crowds, they never had this kind of crowd and this kind of bandwidth, right? And so um, think about your own life. Um, God decided and wanted you to be where you wanted to be. Now, now there's difficulty in that and the sovereignty of God because you think through your family of origin. So if there's people sitting there with abuses, they went through stuff and they're like, so you're telling me I was purposely born to that family and what my dad was like, what my mom was like, or man, my family was so jacked up. Dad was gone. Mom was gone. It was a horrible setup. Like God knew that. God did that. It wasn't that he wanted evil for that, but he wanted to show that his goodness and love even overcomes what Satan wants to destroy. That's hard for us to understand when you're going through trials and going through especially abuses or difficult situations. But the point for us is if we go, what does God want to do with my life in 2023? Acts 17 says, God determined right where you're at. Now, now I can insulate myself and get busy with my work and get busy with what I'm doing and, and kind of our agenda and our family and what we're wanting to do and completely be disconnected with mission. So this is why we're looking at this, oh, covenant renewal of heart. But then if I get this picture and this vision of God wants to use my life, I think I forgot about that. I think I, I, I easily get caught up, and I, and I do. Like we, I try to be nice to people, you know, the, the weirdos that that you know um, get in front of me, step in front of me in Walmart, and, and just like it looks like chaos. And I, I try to smile at them. I don't cuss them out. I don't hit them or something. Uh, when you know, there's the weirdo people around me at work, and I try to be really nice to this person that everyone knows they're the weird person to work with. Um, and we we think I really do good things, but that's not the mission of God necessarily. That's just being like even pagans. 
Uh, even even non-believers can be nice people. But we have this new identity. We're carrying around an eternal worth, the gospel. We're, we're carrying around with us knowledge of and should be a lifestyle of getting eternity to other people. And so um, that's what this Acts 17 brings us to. Um, so I want us to think through that. Um, and, and, then, and then and we think through covenant renewal of heart. I want you to think through covenant renewal of mission now. It may need, you may need the same type of repentance that God showed you last week on some big areas of your life or some things you're thinking about. I pray that it'd be still going on for a month or two months or three months. That's a good thing. But now let's look at, do I need some repentance on, on issues of mission? Have I got just consumed with where our family's at, where, where my job's at? And it's a really tough season. There are times that that's the season you're in. But, but then we may have to stop and go, Lord, in the same way that maybe I departed a little bit in my um, closeness with you, my communion, I departed for whatever reasons in that. Now I, I've had that restored. Man, Lord, maybe also I have. I've got so consumed and worried and our country's here and our culture's here. And man, I've dropped the idea of serving you on mission. And so um, as we look at that, uh, Henry Blackaby has some great stuff on uh, re repentance. And he says, first of all, one of the things he says is, it's not just feeling sorry. And so we can, that's easy to confuse. It's not just feeling sorry. It can entail feeling sorry. I'm sorry that I, that I haven't been doing that. But then you don't change. It's also not just feeling guilt. Um, 2 Corinthians 7, on both of those issues of feelings of sorrow, feelings of deep guilt, uh, Paul had written uh, this one letter that we don't have to the Corinthians, and he, he, he just said in that, hey, I know that I wrote that letter, and actually, I, I almost felt bad about it, but then the letter was used to turn you to a godly grief that led to repentance. Now, there's, there's a type of worldly grief, worldly sorrow, I feel bad, I feel guilty, I feel sorrowful, but it doesn't lead to repentance and change. It doesn't lead you to um, new life. It just leads you to actual death, is what he said to them in that. But this letter I wrote to you, it was godly grief, and you received it. So that's why I say, um, and conviction, confession, repentance is so needed. And in that, it leads to repentance. It's also not just the feeling of being frustrated because of consequences. Even as believers, if we feel like there's, there's this period or this discipline or this situation going on uh, for kids, just like, well, I, I'm, I'm sorry because I want to get out of the consequence. That's not what that is either. Um, it's not just starting a new habit or an action to earn back God's favor. Hey, I realized last year was kind of really off, and I don't know what's going on, and, but hey, God, I'm going to do, do better at quiet times. I'm going to really focus on my quiet time. I'm going to get this reading plan. I'm going to start this book. And, and if we're not careful, those are good things that we should be doing, but you can't win his favor by that. Remember, you're accepted in Christ. So that's that resting in Christ instead of how much you can do. Um, and because you rest in Christ, you want to do those things. But sorrow is not enough. Modifying behavior is not enough. Adding religious activity is not enough. And so we have to have a change of heart and a change of mind and a change of will um, the internal that leads to the external. That famous verse in Second Chronicles, I've got a slide up here on Second Chronicles 7, um, and this is 13 through 15. It says, when I shut up the heavens, so this is God speaking to them, and note, and, and we skip over this, usually the plaque doesn't have the, the, the uh, punishment beforehand. But here's the part, that, and there's actually the part right above this speaks more of God's discipline on them. But he says, when I shut up the heavens so that there's no more rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, 
Like, we don't even read that on plaques, right? Like, we don't want that part. Um, but then the, the verse 14 is what we want. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and they turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in that type of place. So that's that famous verse. Now, sadly, um, we kind of uh, skip over it. So the four clear parts there is this humbling yourself, praying, seeking God's face. I'm just so, so, and that is just hit him. You want God's presence more than you want other things. Even the blessings of God, you want God more than his gifts. Turn from your wicked ways and sin. So in that, um, the significance, he was speaking to Israel now. And here's where, where this gets confusing. And, and so right now, I'll tell you, you know, this has happened several times in America since maybe the 60s, 70s. But now it, it, it's peaked to where they go, this can really influence pun- people for power and money. This can really influence people. Let's take this verse 14, and this is America now. And so people will take this and go, and they make a mistake in this, where they say, in the same way that Israel had this relationship, they go, well, so does America. And it's just not the same. So Indonesia can't say that. Canada can't say that. Saudi Arabia can't say that. Iraq can't say that. Good, good Christian places like South Korea, they don't believe that they have this special covenant that's different. And we're 4% of the world's population. But what happens here is people will begin to think, they kind of treat this verse like a rabbit's foot, uh, where you kind of pull out and rub it and you chant this verse. But really, if people were honest, this, this verse or this kind of rabbit's foot is wished upon for their political affiliations desire or for their financial economic desire. Um, it's not that we're so actually concerned and broken by the sin of our country. Yeah, we don't like that group, and we don't like that group. We can't believe those abortionists, but I'm not really concerned about just all of us, even the church. And God, in this verse, actually said, hey, Israel, as a nation state, and I'm your king, my people. So this is talking to Christians, not lost world, so it doesn't even apply in those ways. But hey, if you're really concerned about and broken over sin, that's what I want you to get. I, I can heal your land. Oh, so does that mean all of us join this one party affiliation? All of us, our economy is going to be great? Maybe not. That's not, what that's, that's, a, that's not a promise to America specifically, or North Korea, or South Korea, or Russia, or whatever. And, and I'm telling you that this is not popular in churches. People want to hear God's got a special blessing reserved for America, and, and God, that's just not a biblical stance. Um, that's not what this verse is talking about. But it does say, if you're listening to the Spirit and you are God's people, um, you should be humbling yourself, praying, seeking God's face as your reward. Um, what about China? What about places that have been under persecution for years? They, they could just say this verse just doesn't apply to us because it's not happening. Well, on a spiritual end, it's happening beautifully even though they're still being persecuted and all kinds of crazy stuff. So just think through that. You can preach this verse to get my political party or my economic ideas because that's what the answer is. That's what we're trusting in. Or you can preach this verse as to to bring us to our knees before a holy God because that's what we're really trusting in. So just be aware. It's it's books. There's teachings. It's popular. Churches are growing. So, So think through, how about you? This 
is this a regular, patient, long-suffering desire of yours? Man, if my people who are called by my name, are you doing this? Well, I would, if we get this, God, would you let this happen? And that's just not the deal that he's laying out there. Now, there's blessings that come. Um, but did you spend less than three minutes thinking through that the last time you ran across it? And people run across that verse and like, oh yeah, I love that verse. That verse is so good. And I heard so-and-so talking about it. I heard so-and-so talking about it. Finally, our country's going to change. And finally, our, well, it's been changing. How good is it in 2023 versus 2015 versus 2010 versus 2000 versus 1990? So tell me how that's working. Tell me how the government and, and the, the parties that keep promising, both sides, I'm not, I'm not bashing one party, both sides will say it. So you got people from different ideologies and I'm saying the church needs to wake up and go, that's not what we're putting our trust in. But am I a person concerned about my own sin? Uh, our sin, as, are, are we as churches, are we, uh, is it clear to the communities around us that we are a loving group or are we a condemning, hating group? Are we a place where there, the love of Jesus comes out? And I don't mean that we're, we're not still talking about sin. That's what other people have done. Well, to get people, you've got to stop talking about sin. No, we have to bring up sin. That's what we've got to be talking about. There's no need for a Savior without confronting that. And so in those places, we've got to see that, that, that God is the one who can bring change and that we've got to be a part of that. And so we do want to be a people that, that pray that and that, that have that going on. Um, Jeremiah talks about this in Jeremiah 29. He says um, in verse 7, But seek the welfare, of the, the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile. Now, we as Americans haven't been sent into exile in that way. Now, we could take the spiritual view, kind of like we do with, with Egypt, uh, like, hey, that, that was our slavery to sin. Um, and so there is that spiritual aspect, but we're not asking God to remove us from a physical geogra geographical place called Babylon, right? And so, but we are spiritually going, God, the Babylonian ideology of the world, the secularness of a, a world without you, that's what we want you to deliver us from. Um, and so God says, hey, Acts 17, I placed you in these places on purpose at this time period for you to live for my glory. Um, and then I, I place you there, and I want you to seek the good of the city that you're around. And, and so that's, that's applying to believers. That's God's spiritual intent. And the physical intent of us being in a place that he moves us out of is, is not, not the same thing for us. So there's this spiritual significance, God's intent, to live out the kingdom of God in the midst of a place. He goes on in that, that section, um, and, and so this idea of um, uh, you know, him knowing where we're at, the same thing as Acts 70, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Um, and then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So this is this covenant renewal and this covenant renewal uh, of mission, same context, for the good of the city. And so that, that's what they're saying. Even as you're captives there, you should be living as the kingdom of God there. Um, so um, the point is that God's making is this idea of repentance. Your hearts have departed from me. Seek me with your, own, your whole heart. So I keep this before us as we move forward because I want us to consider that. Now here, let, let, let's make a turn now. So if we see that covenant renewal of heart and we keep that before us, it's about being and being, our being, our being, and then our identity moves us to 
as we go out and, and make these um, steps and changes and transitions, we, we want to still be Christ-like in that. So here's some opportunities. If we shift now to a vision of kind of opportunities of 2023 and beyond. So first of all, just the very fact we've been praying for a while about just a physical space. And so we've been searching for you know, three years, two years, one year. Uh, Metro has been just one of the most incredible um, places for us, but also the, the people that we've worked with here, just phenomenal, um, super gracious, super um, phenomenal facilities. We knew from day one, I remember, you know, th- over three years ago, like, um, we're way off of, off of a main road. It's back in neighborhoods. It's kind of hidden back here. You, and, and so a lot of people start out with a business or a church to say, location, 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 like 71st and Memorial, you know, 71st and 169, like, Memorial in the Creek or you know, I-44 and, and, and whatever. And so location, location, location. So we have been thinking through that, praying through that, knowing that there will probably come a time where um, we need to have a little bit more visible spot where you're, you're visible in the neighborhoods, in the community. Um, there's some great stuff in church planting that talks about um, at some point, if you don't start out with this emphasis of location, location, cool band, cool looking lights and all that stuff, if you don't start with that to be kind of new attractional, then at some point as you grow as a body in depth, to, you want to start seeing more souls brought in. You want to see there to be growth, and you're also serving the community. And so in that, the community has to know that you exist. And so at some point, you have to think through that. So that's some of the steps that we're taking. One of the, the first things that I would say that I, I, I want to know for, from each one of you, and to, so if you take your phone out or if you just make a note of this, to think through this. So if we get with you that you could really think through this, one of the highest priorities is to go, what would you say would help you the most spiritually in 2023? So if we truly care about shepherding, let's ask the people, the families, what would you say spiritually would help you guys the most? So I want to get with you guys, Suja and Tyler, and they get with different families and go, hey, what would help you guys the most? Uh, there could be things going on that we, we could speak to or, or bring resources to or help, and that may be a common theme that is needed. So that's one thing just for you to think through. Um, what area are you needing to see growth in? What part of life? Um, here are some things that uh, these below would be possible if we acquire a new facility. So we've been looking at several different ones. We even spent some time yesterday for a couple hours um, with a guy from our sending church, New Beginnings. And there's a, a big um, a company down on uh, 71st Street that just has like, you know, twice this much space and then five spaces times that that's been completely empty, just sitting empty for five years. And so, like, we'll see how that goes. And I've got to email in. And so be praying for just God to be specific. It sits right on 71st between Peoria and Lewis. Um, and so thinking through that, does the Lord want us to be in those areas? And there's two or three other opportunities. And so uh, that allows us equipping class. That allows us to have a presence that's visible that people can see, but then also um, kids' classes, um, membership class teachings uh, two or three times a year, uh, family equipping classes. It could allow us to have youth fun nights. It could allow us to have kids' fun nights, um, and that doesn't necessarily require space for those, but um, men's and, and women's studies, um, uh, calendar-themed rhythms of you know, a Christmas event where, where you're inviting people that have been in church to, hey, come join us just for Advent just for our Advent season. Come on Sundays for the Advent season. Um, the Easter egg hunt that we've done, Halloween block parties, joining with Metro or different ones that do that, and then have kind of a presence there. Um, Thanksgiving, a time to go, hey, and we want to invite internationals and adopt some internationals into our homes because everyone leaves ORU, everyone leaves TU, and, and 
some of the internationals just stuck there alone going to Aldi for Thanksgiving by themselves. That's not fun. And so um, those are just some natural things. Then some things to think through as a body, so some fellowshipping thing. Even a small church our size, um, a monthly or bi-monthly meal together, just a meal together because you get two different groups. If we don't spend time with each other, we don't really know each other's story. We try to talk for five to ten minutes before or after um, the service. If you notice, after before service and after service, everyone stands around. And I think that shows us that people want to spend time and want to fellowship and want to get a little bit deeper, but, but like there's just not a lot of time for that. So uh, once a month meal together, like a family meal, um, the whole family. And again, a facility would allow for that. And we could go that do that some other place. But um, uh, those are some different things. Uh, we've in the past we've done family camps. Um, if you do talk about that family or the the family meal together, the Super Bowl for somebody to go. Hey, I want, we want to host a Super Bowl party, and then and that's a great when you do something like that. You know, some of those type of things. Then you can invite neighbors, coworkers, like, and you don't have to be like come to our church thing first, come to our small group first. Um, but like, hey, come, we're having we're going to cook out and, and do this. And so we we used to do a lot of cookouts. Um, also, we can we could probably partner with. We've talked about this. I talked with um, some different guys about partnering together to do a marriage conference. Um, then um, also a bonfire, uh, having a bonfire is just a great time for kids, for uh, adults, as long as they clear out all the snakes, and then I'll show up. Uh, hiking days, um, just going out hiking together. Um, Outdoor church service. You could do a hiking thing on a Saturday and then have a Saturday night service. Uh, just in, in, in the spring, we have some great weather. Um, cookouts. Uh, my wife would probably love if this ever started, like a farmer's market. If you did it four to six times during the year, if you had space on Saturdays for like three hours, have a farmer's market. And if you had some space that you could help some of the poor, the marginalized, to provide some free services. Um, and then also just internally, all these things are talking about inside the church. Um, but but worship team, where um, we, Brad could have some help on those things if, you, if you're gifted in that area. And as we grow, where we can begin to add people to that, but that's a commitment. That's a sacrifice. Um, events and hospitality team, the Robinsons have kind of said, hey, we want to help out with that. We want to kind of help with thinking through those events. Thank you, you really are pitiful at that. So events and hospitality and things like that. Um, uh, Sojourn Youth, Sojourn Kids team. Uh, media team, just helping out where it's, we don't just have three or four people doing that. Now, we're small groups, so it, it is hard to get more as far as a rotating schedule with kids, a rotating schedule with audio, uh, video. And so those are internal. Um, and but then if you begin to think through ex, uh, the external part, like the community, here are some things um, that you want to be thinking through. Like you want it to be gospel love that, that speaks gospel word, but also shows up in gospel deeds. So that the, the hands and feet of Christ um, being others-oriented, serving uh, the lost. Uh, we want to pray for hard places and hidden uh, people. And so um, this is this idea of being curious versus assuming. And so a lot of times either missionaries or churches kind of come into a, uh, an area and know, okay, we, we need to blitz this area with the gospel. I think I see their problems and now we've got the answer. Obviously we do. We're good people. We've got our lives all straightened out. We can fix this. And that, that usually is very arrogant and self-righteous. Instead of coming with a curiosity. So when I do in this area for you know, two or three years, I go in and talk to people at shops. I go in, but what I, I don't say, hey, I'm, I'm thinking there's this church. We need you to come to our church. Or, hey, you look like you're really poor. You need this. You don't do that. You go in just like, hey, so here's some things I usually throw out to, to, to some moms, to some grandmas, to some people, laundromats, to some people working in businesses in this area, just asking them, you know, first of all, just, you know, hey, what do you think is broken here? What's broken in this area? 
What do you see as broken? They can probably tell you if they've been here five years, 10 years, 15 years. Um, from your perspective, what are the three greatest problems that you see within this community? And in doing that doesn't mean that you're going to drop the gospel and just go on a, a social gospel thing, or you're just going to go on a just you know handing them sandwiches because that's their answer. No, it may be that there's, there's a lot of people that are impoverished and starving, and you didn't know that. Uh, it was stupid of me, but as uh, the top answer with you know, 10 to 15 different people, the first thing that comes to mind is psychological or mental health. And I don't mean like, oh, so now the answer is psychology. I'm saying, but psychologically, they're just mental health issues rampant all over. And the pandemic didn't help that. And, and so just like, oh man, yeah, the medical needs, but also the emotional, mental needs. Do you think people that, that are living at 15,000 a year or, or 30,000 a year or 50,000 a year below ever have the opportunity for counseling? You think that they spend a lot of time in counseling or even understand the education behind this could help you, some Christian counseling. That, that's just not there. Uh, do they go to um, uh, marriage workshops and stuff? No way. And so those type of things where you're, you're bringing in the gospel to meet this need of, of where they're at emotionally, mentally, mental health. Um, from your perspective, you know, what's broken? Um, and, and again, you're not break, breaking, uh, you're not dropping the gospel. Um, it, and it also doesn't mean that every person's view is 100% accurate. They may be like, I can tell you what's wrong. Our, you know, our little state representative, and you're like, well, you can listen to that, and you, but, but, but that doesn't mean everyone's answer is right. But you get to hear some passion, you get to hear some of their views. And from your perspective, what are three immediate needs within this community? Um, things that maybe you and I don't think of: transportation, laundry. You ever have laundry pile up real quickly? What, what, what if you have to? What if you have to go two miles down? and you don't have a laundry thing in your own facility, and you've got to go two or three miles down, and you also have a broke-down car, and there's four or five kids, how difficult is life then? Ripple effect. Kids don't want to go to school because they're embarrassed because their clothes are all dirty. Ripple effect. The kids drop out of school, go to the building, and then leave. Mom and dad don't know for a while. So just now, that's a, we don't have to deal with that a lot of times. So what's the perception of police in your area? No one thinks about that. What's the perception of schools in your area? Some people are like, why don't we push our kids to go? These schools are pitiful here. What about crime in your area? What's your perspective on that? What's your perspective of church in the area? Oh, yeah. We've been told for years, give your money, give your money, give your money, and God's going to give us the, the new BMW and the new house. And we did it for a while, and it didn't work out. Well, that's not the gospel we're talking about. That's not the Jesus we're talking about. Um, Seed to Oaks is a place that partners with Harbor Network Churches, um, and, and they, they come in, they look at these the, the neighborhood arm, they have a job arm, they have a whole health arm, a health initiative um, that mobilizes the church and health professionals. Uh, there's an educational arm, and there's one CCI up north, uh, Philip and Bode, um, and so we've been together for a three or four different things during the years. And so just seeing some of those things, and that's, that's a community um, progress that they're wanting to slowly turn over time. Great, great works that are going on. It's very difficult. Here's some things just right in our area here. Um, a, a compassion ministry. Um, McClure Elementary, Marshall Elementary, right in this area. Um, free medical event with, with family doctors and optometrists and physical therapists and dentists and orthodontists and chiropractors, x-ray people, screenings, blood work. Again, your kid's got something going on, don't even know, but you don't have the money, you don't have transportation to get there. Just wanting to serve the community, two or three of those a year. Um, 
Um, summer VBS, uh, splash night. Not, not a lot of churches in this area have a splash night where you bring in those two or three of those big water things, you know, the water blow-ups and do that. Kids just don't have that opportunity in some areas. Um, scavenger hunt, Halloween block party. There's all kinds of things. Um, a neighborhood cleanup, marriage workshops, um, all kinds of things. Uh, a couple of the specific ministries that are right in our area right here is Defending Dignity. Uh, it started one, by one of my friends. He's a worship pastor, uh, his wife, um, at um, over at, uh, what is this one over here? Southern Hills Baptist Church. And so um, she had started this ministry on the, the, the human trafficking and what goes on in that and just wanted to have a heart for some ladies to be able to get with some of those ladies that have been pulled into that lifestyle, abused in that lifestyle, um, just, just ripped into that and to, to bring them the rescue of Christ. And so um, Defending Dignity, Owasso Baptist Children's Home. Um, down in Glenpool, you, if you guys don't ever take Glenpool, I wouldn't suggest 75 there. At that stoplight at 75 during Christmas, um, they're over on the east side, they do this Christmas tree lighting. And, I, and it's just a beautiful thing. And so a families adopt a tree, a tree there, and they go and they spend a, a Saturday like lighting a tree and they do have this Christmas tree lighting. It just kind of brings light. It's kind of a fun little Christmas thing. And I thought, man, Johnson Park right over here. What if we, that's a way of, you know, just, and we could kind of phrase it of bring light and hope or something. But having this Christmas tree lighting where maybe over time we get some landscaper or someone to donate some trees or buy some trees and then ask families at, at the different um, communities here, the different neighborhoods, the different um, housing projects to say, hey, bring your family and let's have a tree lighting thing just for Christmas because Christ came into the world and then have a, a, a service or something. Like all kinds of opportunities getting into the, the neighborhood. And so um, you guys, uh, so remember Ephesians 4, um, that these pastors and teachers, they equip the saints for works of ministry. A lot of times we have this idea that the, what we're paying the pastor to do is to go find the fence that needs rebuilding. We're paying the pastor to go find the fence to paint. And his job is to go, hey, guys, I spent 20 hours this week finding a fence. I found one that needs to be painted. Now, here at the church, i got to motivate you to come help me paint the fence. That's not what Ephesians 4, that's flipped. That it's the, 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 the body, equipping the body with a heart for God, a heart for ministry, a heart for other people for works of service. And it's not that we can't do help in some of that, but it's usually what, what's always been in the history of the church is the body, the congregation that are out in the community, they're the ones who are going, hey, I noticed there's this fence over here in this neighborhood that needs painting. I'm just using that as a hypothetical. But just, there, hey, here's some needs. And so be praying through that. And so as we start looking for uh, visible space online, we want to be thinking about some of those opportunities through the calendar. And so think through what you're gifted in, what your passions run into, and your spiritual gifts. Um, think through how that would fit. There may be a need that you've been seeing for a while, and you never just thought about, oh, what would it look like if 10 of us, like twice a year, tried to meet that need? Uh, a lot of times the best way to start, the way that we've, at the other two places, uh, the, I believe small groups can do that. Our gospel communities can go, let, let's kind of adopt uh, if it's a family that we want to kind of bring in, or if it's uh, an area that we want to kind of minister to, uh, McClure Elementary, let, let's bless the teachers. Our, this small group, let's ask teachers and think through what would that be a blessing for them. Hey, let's think through this this group that, that has some needs. Let's 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 approach them and see what their needs are, and then as a as a gospel community, let's see how we can help with that, even as a small uh, group of people. So that's kind of the idea there, a covenant renewal of mission. And I would ask you to go beyond today's service to think through, um, where is my heart at with that? Have I just got a little bit um, circled up in my own family, 
my own busyness, my own to-do list, all the busyness. If we're not careful, we keep on adding more and more and more busyness that keeps us distracted from the mission. And I would say for my own life, for my family's life, and for you guys, that is an issue of repentance to go before the Lord and just ask the Lord, are we doing some things that, that take so much of our time? We've learned as our kids get older, there's certain rhythms of months that we have more flexibility and openness, and there's certain rhythms that it is, I mean, just to gather as a body and just to be together as believers, like that, that's about all we can do for a two or three month period. And so, that, but we, we are committed to that and we're sacrificing to do that. But then there's other seasons where we could do a lot more. Be aware of that and then be open to repentance. And what would the Lord do there? So let me pray as Brad comes back up. Father, we are thankful for um, you being gracious to us. We, we so easily depart not only in our heart and mind from you, but we also depart in mission. We, we, we forget the lost. We forget how we can use our time and our days and our nights and our weekends for your glory. We, we keep adding more stuff that we're enjoying or busy doing or busy being entertained, or busy uh, even trying to do some good stuff that, that sometimes the, the mission completely drops off, um, that we depart from that also, Lord, because of our own lives. Sometimes it can be idolatry. Sometimes it can be just, just, uh, just forgetfulness, Lord. So I, I pray that you would use last week and this week to let us just to think through those things as a body. We're small. We're tiny. Um, we don't have all the resources that other places have. We don't have the, even a facility. We don't have the hundreds of people. But God, um, that doesn't make an excuse that, that we can just get out of it until, until, we, until we become a certain size. Then we can do these things. We would ask you to do great and mighty things that would amaze us, that shows we are weak, but that you are strong. That when we're at a weak um, physical space, when we're at a weak financial space, when we're at a weak a number of people, that you are strong and mighty, that it's not about just numbers and how big the space is, but, but it's about the power of God going forward, led by the Spirit, producing the kingdom of God and, and let, letting that flourish, God. Um, we pray that you would let our kids see that. You pray that we pray that our, our hearts would be um, convicted by that, desiring that, to see more of you work, Lord. Um, not just so we can have a cool experience, but because we believe it's the greatest thing for our city, the greatest thing um, to be a blessing to the people is to bring God near to them. So we ask for you to go ahead of us. We ask for you to bring our heart's conviction if we have a need for repentance there, Lord, a need of focus in what we're doing with our rhythms of life and our seasons of life where we have more time, with our resources of finances, all those things, Lord. Let us serve you and serve the people around us, to serve the church internally, but to serve the community outside. Give us beautiful ideas, Lord, that would glorify you. Um, we thank you so much for being gracious with this. We thank you for being gracious when our hearts are prone to wander. We thank you so much for just uh, always loving us and giving us our identity, that we would never depart from that. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.